Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Somewhere in another time and in another place, Pastor Jones stood up in front of his congregation one Easter Sunday morning and said, In my hand I have three sermons written. I have a $300 sermon that will last exactly five minutes. I have a $100 sermon that will last exactly 20 minutes. And I have a $20 sermon in hand that will last an entire hour long. So let's take up the collection now and see which sermon I preach this Sunday. (laughs) From year to year, I can never quite anticipate the joy that we're feeling until we reach this Easter morning together. Easter exudes almost a type of euphoric feeling at times, especially when we allow ourselves to get caught up into the mystery of it all. We all get dressed up, we make great plans with family or friends, we gather to sing and see and smell these beautiful flowers and reflect and pray together. It's quite the celebration. It's a true privilege to share this with you this morning on such a wonderful day. Happy Easter and welcome. Funny though, really. Funny because in many biblical accounts, Easter morning is also filled with fear, terror, and amazement. There seems to be a lot of weeping, too. Every story about Easter begins by mentioning loss, deep, intense loss. Jesus was crucified. He died. He was buried. Great loss great tragedy. Not at all different from our world we're in now. In Brussels, earlier this week, over 30 people were killed at the airport and in a major metro station. New terror. In Maricopa County, voters of all parties were forced to stand in painfully long lines at their polling places, sometimes more than five or six hours, or turned away altogether. Anger, and perhaps fear of a system not working. In Nigeria, two suicide bombers detonated their bombs in the middle of prayers at a mosque, but why? Amazement. And for the last 12 months, many in our community, not only here at Trinity, but in all of Phoenix, our community, you and me, we've all lost something and we've wept. We've lost loved ones or friends. Maybe we've lost a beloved pet or maybe a job we really liked. Maybe we've lost the security of where we've lived or something about our health, or maybe we've lost something else like a good credit score, or our sobriety, or somehow even our sense of identity, or maybe something more mundane like our favorite teams lost. 
didn't quite get where we thought that they would go. And so that places all of us in today's story with Mary Magdalene, right there at the tomb, weeping. Every one of us can relate to this in some way or another. For Mary, the very person who gave her unconditional love, who restored her life with dignity and respect, the very person who helped her see her identity as a beloved child of God, that person, Jesus, is dead. He's buried. But he's now not even in the tomb where he was placed. This is simply too much to bear. It's so tough that Mary's about to lose it totally. They have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. And just when she says this, she meets someone. Interesting, she doesn't know who he is at first, but when she hears the sound of his voice, she hears her name being called, Mary. She immediately recognizes this man as Jesus, alive, not dead, alive. But what strikes me in this reading is that we don't have any kind of stylized Hollywood reunification where two people who are separated are now back together, running slowly but intentionally back towards each other with very emotional music playing in the background. No. This is more realistic. It's more realistic because it happened in a real way, in a true way. Jesus tells her instead not to hold on to him, not to cling to him, and instead go, go and tell others what she has seen. And as the story tells us, that's exactly what Mary does. She tells the others when they begin to grasp the mystery unfolding before their very eyes. Their friends, their, their friend, their master, their teacher, their Lord, Jesus is alive and has conquered death. He is risen. He is risen indeed. The last real enemy of our human experience, death. The last real enemy has now been destroyed. In the resurrection of Jesus, death no longer has any say in how our existence is going to play out. This is why we celebrate today. Because Mary followed what Jesus had told her to do. She told others. And they told others what they saw. And at some point, someone told us, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. This is the grandest exercise of news being spread by word of mouth that the world has ever seen. And at the heart of this good news, this good news continues to play out in all sorts of ways. Because when we lose someone or some aspect of our lives, when our heart is broken and we're in grief and we don't even know which end is up, there is more comfort to be had in a friend who can grieve with us than in one who simply exhorts us to be strong and have faith. 
And there is infinitely more in a God and in a friend like Jesus who does the same. In a God who ultimately conquers death and rises again. And here's how we fit in. That whenever our life takes us places that we don't want to go, maybe when we're experiencing loss or shame or disconnection, or we're finding ourselves in a big world of hurt, those are the times when, like Mary, we're just about to lose it altogether. That's when the presence of Christ will be with us and will walk with us on our journey anywhere we go because Christ has been raised. Jesus' resurrection means he's no longer constrained by death or the limitation of his body. He's still his real self, body and soul. But the message of Easter is that everything that we are, our body and our soul and our life force and our personality and our desires, everything is something that God can and will redeem. Resurrection means that we can shed the ways that we have to fit in or the ways in which we have to wear masks to protect ourselves against others. Resurrection living means we take off the constraints and say hello to a new way to live. And because that main enemy number one of all the human experience, that last enemy, death, because death itself is destroyed once and for all on Easter, then we get to let that mystery unfold right before our very eyes. To imagine the possibilities of life and living, unconstrained, without fear, terror, or amazement, and no weeping without hope. Possibilities of living, unconstrained. To imagine the ways our hearts and bodies and souls and minds and spirits all combine to celebrate like there really is a tomorrow. Time to get caught up into the mystery of it all. Because in Easter, Jesus lives. And we do too. <laughs>